Welcome to the Venari podcast. My name is Joe Knight. I lead the commercial practice within the life science and healthcare team at Venari Partners. Today, I'm joined by Kathy Collis, Chief Commercial Officer at Vibrant Gastro. Kathy is an experienced commercial leader, having held roles in Big Pharma at Merck and Novartis before moving to Ironwood, where she spent eight years leading their marketing, US and global function. Now, as CCO at Vibrant Gastro, she's leading their commercial efforts and building the team. In the podcast today, we're covering launch lessons, crucial capabilities, and how to build an excellent commercial function. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the Venari podcast. Joe, it's so great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Brilliant to have you. So, Kathy, tell us about your experience to date. How did you get into the pharma industry and how did you become chief commercial officer at Vibrant Gastro? Well, you know, I've had the opportunity to work for large and small companies, um, but I, I really got my start on the payer side of the business. And actually, I think the payers become such an important part of, of the equation, of the commercial equation. Um, but I started at Merck and Novartis and I cut my teeth really, you know, building brands there and getting great training. Um, as my career progressed, I actually found that I was more interested in entrepreneurial and innovative kinds of organizations. So I went from really large organizations to medium-sized organizations. And, and now I find myself in a really um, in a really interesting place with a with a smaller company, but with the potential to build something um, you know, that could be equal in size in terms of revenue of the products that some of those larger organizations have have invented and, and commercialized over the years. So you're now Chief Commercial Officer at Vibrant Gastro. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that organization and, and what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, Vibrant's a very interesting company, and I, you know, I think Vibrant's innovation um, is is really groundbreaking for um, adults with chronic constipation. I, I it really reps, represents a trend in you know electronics jump starting innovation um, in the device space. Um, so this is not a drug uh, treatment; it's a drug free treatment. I think of it as um, relief without the medicine, um, and it's really born in in understanding of of human biology and how constipation symptoms. Um, get in the way and how and how our our intestinal functioning is supposed to work. Um, so you know we we have a, uh, a treatment that uh, mimics um, peristalsis by stimulating mechanoreceptors in the gut. Um, it's a very easy to use treatment, and it's now recently been approved by the FDA in the United States. So uh, we're building out our team, as you said, and bringing uh, this new um, treatment to patients. It's exciting. So you're in the launch period at the moment. Um, you've obviously worked on multiple launches yeah, throughout your career. Yeah. Are there any fundamental lessons that you've taken from those processes, things you do differently looking back and reflecting now? I think um, that you can never be prepared enough for a launch. I think of the launch in sort of sequences and stages, um, you know, first, and this is peri launch, if you will, while you're still in development, you really have to prepare your market, um, especially if you're bringing something that's different um, and or innovative. Um, so, We've spent a lot of time at Vibrant preparing the market and building advocacy. Um, and then you have to prepare your brand. You know, there there is, I think, a lot of work that goes into building a great iconic brand. Um, so that's the second stage. And then the last one is preparing the organization uh, because you have to build uh, a team. Um, and in our case, we have to be able to scale that over time. So we're thinking about what are the capabilities that we really need from a people perspective um, from a process perspective and from a technology perspective. And we're thinking there about crucial capabilities for biopharma companies. What do you think those are? I think in the case of our organization, uh, you know, not only do we have an innovative product, but I also think that we get the chance to build an innovative commercial model. Um, and, and that's what's attractive to me about working in a, in a space like this is you've got you've got something quite differentiated. 
but you also have a playbook that you can rewrite. Um, and I really get excited about those opportunities. So I think the foundational piece of, of the people is that you, you need to bring in people who have had experiences in the old pharma model, but you also have to sprinkle in people who are complete disruptors, you know, who are folks who didn't operate in that paradigm and question every single decision in that paradigm. Um, and I think with, with the mix of those experienced um, folks and some contrarian thinkers, you can come up with some really interesting and um, innovative marketing ideas. So I think it's the people that, that are first um, important. I think some of the capabilities in the process are also important. You have to run a business. Um, so for example, we had to build a supply chain in the US. Um, we had to build um, licensing in the US. Um, we are regulated product, just like any other pharmaceutical product. So, you know, obtaining um, licensing from state boards of pharmacies, you can you just can't underestimate, you know, how many things really need to get built from, from ground zero. Um, and then once you've got them all built, then they all have to work together. So um, we're in a, in a phase of our introduction of our product to the market where we've deliberately chosen to go slow so that we can really pressure test our system um, and make sure it works. I'll give you an example of something that didn't you know, work. Um, we loaded our product into Epic um, or into the compendium at the end of the year, expecting it would get loaded into Epic right away. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, you know, so, so all of a sudden we find ourselves operationally working with institutions and physicians in a fax workaround, um, which, uh, you know, physicians don't really love to do because it's time consuming. They just want to go onto their EHR and, you know, find your product and be done. So I think you have to be adaptive. You have to be able to solve problems. And I think you have to be able to uh, be agile um, and move quickly because your plan that you've now just built is irrelevant. Um, so I, I think that there's a certain amount of flexibility and agility um, that's required. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and fully agree with you on the, the people side. It's certainly something we spend a lot of time thinking about when to bring in commercial talent, uh, how to build that team. When do you think is the right time to start building that commercial organization um, from your experience? I think you get one chance to develop a product. So I'm an early proponent of bringing in commercial capabilities at the R&D stage of product development. And I think that that is um, important for many reasons, but probably the most critical one is that if you're going to introduce a new product into any market, whether it's the US or in any global market, you must have something that is differentiated and that has a unique value proposition. Um, because otherwise, um, you are not going to get payers to pay for you. Uh, physicians may adopt you, but they may not adopt you at the rate that you would like. Um, and most importantly, you, you need to offer a better standard of care to a patient. So I think having the commercial voice infused early on is an important piece of the overall corporate strategy. Um, but it certainly has you know, implications you know, at every stage of development. Let's look to the future now. What trends yeah. in commercialization strategy from both big pharma and small biotech do you think yeah. we'll see more of in 2023, 2024 and beyond? Uh, well, I think the power of the patient and the power of the consumer is a really big trend. Um, we are becoming our own physicians in some cases. Um, we have to be in charge of our own healthcare decision making um, in, in very complicated insurance systems and complicated healthcare systems. So I think the power of the patient is, is the first trend. Um, I do see really interesting accelerators of innovation, whether it's in the gene editing and splicing space or in, in, in the space that I'm working in right now, which is 
uh, more on the on the bio um, medical side. So we we have a device that acts like a drug that actually offers you know comparable treatment uh, with fewer side effects. So. I think you are seeing um, a lot of innovation and trends on the technology that that can be accelerators of of um, better care, frankly, in many many disease areas, if not you know transformative curative care, at least better symptomatic relief. Um, I think the other trend is, uh, and I think this is one that we're going to be dealing with for probably the next twelve to eighteen months, is a lot of economic uncertainty and. Um, you know, that causes um, organizations and, and decision makers to store their resources a little bit more carefully. Um, it might create a little bit more business risk um, for expansion um, and or raising money as the case um, that I am currently in with my company, where we're in the capital raise phase. Um, there's still capital available, um, but I think that the hurdles for getting it are a little bit higher. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, I think the pharma business and the biotechnology business is a very durable one. Um, you know, we, we all, um, you know, need health uh, care services and products. And, and I think that we'll see that change over time, meaning the economic piece of it. Um, but I, I do think that um, companies like ours and others um, will will have to think really carefully about risk, you know, as, as we move forward. Thanks again, Kathy. Great to have had you on the Venari podcast. Um, yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.